and thank you for listening to Mass Liberation Radio. I'm Lily. And I'm Kaylee. Nice to be back. Yes, always nice to be with you. Shout out to all the supporters of K-Link and the DJs. Um, I have just been listening to it pretty much nonstop, but also have a special announcement of something else I've been listening to nonstop. Our buddy uh, Redfield Clipper dropped a new album, and it is Hot Fire. So we're going to play a track from that uh, today on the break. So please go out and get on Bandcamp or Spotify, title, whatever, uh, the album Death Anxiety by Redfield Clipper. Awesome work. It's amazing, and it's featuring uh, uh, Mood Soother's very own uh, Courtney Mayer as well on a song, and Mrs. Lily Barron. <laughs> yeah, Courtney and I got to be a part of this awesome um, album, and I just, yeah, I'm so, so proud of it, and I'm so proud of him. And check out uh, YouTube, and there's a little video um, previewing Death Anxiety as well. Yeah, and shout out to all the homies on it. Greg Lewis, Tyler Cravens, Dave Strawn, Nico's, Mystery, Ed Lacala, all the homies. All the homies on it. So great job, everybody. Uh, today we are having an especially intimate interview with a gentleman named Terry Williams. He is a directly impacted person of the carceral system and just the system in general, I would say. Um, for basically his whole life, he has a really, uh, a story that is unfortunately common and, uh, does a really wonderful job of telling it. And it ends up, uh, here starts in South Central and Erin Compton and ends up here. Um, and is just, I think a really good listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we'll be discussing, uh, the foster care system, um, with his story and just uh, how much uh, uh, the police like to harass victims and, uh, you know, just have really haven't been helping this victim in this uh, scenario. And it's just really heartbreaking. Yeah. But I also think that there are a lot of opportunities in the story for us to help and gather around him like we um, like we know we can for people that are. Um, victims of the carceral system because they do have a certain stigma and like a stain on their on their names that other people don't always have and that stain can really prohibit the way that the rest of your life goes and that's what we find out in this episode so please stay tuned and you're listening to 97.7 kwnk
listening to KWNK 97.7 FM Maceration Radio. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Lily. And we're here with our guest, Terry Williams. 
How are you, Terry? How you doing? I'm good. Good. It's so good to see you. Yes, ma'am. Um, and we met blindly through the internet. Yes, ma'am. Um, you messaged um, a page that I moderate and told me that you were having, uh, basically you're in the middle of a crisis um, involving our local police departments, which was no shock to me at all. Yes, ma'am. Um, so we hooked up pretty quick and you came over and um, you told me some of your story and it was just um, unforgettable yeah. and um, it needs to be told. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I want you to know that you are um, supported and that there's nothing that you can say that anyone will judge you for. We're all in a, in in this to support you and don't be afraid to um, tell listeners what it is that they can do to support you um, because that's what we talk about every every episode, how to support each other. That's this is a safe place. Yeah. Thank you. Because I was nervous sitting outside just a minute ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm nervous every episode, so I feel bad. So why don't you just um, start? Would would you mind telling us a little bit just about your um, growing up? Because I felt like when we talked, it was super um, obvious that the system had failed such a brilliant man so many times starting with childhood and it was just uh the way that you grew up was not is not the way that people should be treated. Yeah, you know. Uh you know, I grew up in kind of California young and, you know, mom's doing dope, pops doing dope. You know how they go. So and you know, me and my sister young and, you know, from foster homes. You know, we was awarded the state since nineteen eighty four. And, you know, from pops, bouncing from house to house, grandmas to aunties, you know what I'm saying? Used as a pawn, like, you know, used as a government check. You know what I'm saying? So me and my sister treated like the black sheep of the family to where, you know, at a young age, you know, you experience a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, oh, well, I was a youngster, like two years old and tried to kill myself. I was in Dominguez Hospital. So I was born in 1977, so 1979 I was there. And uh, experienced some things with my grandfather, and that wasn't 100, you know. Um, a lot of pills hanging around the house, run up on them and want to nod out like everybody else. Yeah. And, and found myself in the hospital. You know what I'm saying? It's funny that, you know, I'm 43 and you can still remember it. You know what I mean? But when some tragedy and don't understand and still don't understand, it don't never leave you, you know. So, you know, coming up like that, you know, and then, you know, in a rough neighborhood, you know how they go. You leave out there and be and find people that's just like you. You know what I'm saying? And, my cousin can get away with one thing, and me and my sister couldn't get away with the same thing. You know what I'm saying? So the things that my, 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 my kin folks would do, that my, my sister would do, get her head knocked off. You know what I'm saying? And I knew that wasn't 100. And, you know, that's my little sister. So, you know, I don't want to put up with it. She said her cry. 
you know, it's not good. So we ran to the streets. You know what I mean? And we in the streets and and go to my partner's house and, and they moms doing the same shit that my mama doing. You know what I mean? So what we gonna do? You know what I mean? So we started, I'm starting going to laundry mats, going behind the little, and they got the big arcades in the back, the little, the little wooded little back back there. And in, in the back, it, it come crap. It be holes back there. So, you know, at six or seven years old, me and homie Maurice, we running over there to get some quarters out the machine so we can go to Fat Burgers and get something to eat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we started doing that at six or seven, and then we started getting caught because we was reckless. Mm-hmm. You know, we happy we getting money, so we doing it every day. To where you know the people go check it, and 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 and, and then you know, shit, ain't, ain't no quarters there. We the same kids that's coming in back and using a little, using a little, you know, the little clips, the little the paper clips, the little the jip the games, the do 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 the game. While we doing the do 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 do, I'm in the back doing all the quarters. You feel what I'm saying? So we found the little thing and we started doing that. So that was the income. You feel me? At six or seven years old. Yeah. And, 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 and and to see my sister eat a, a fat burger or some chili cheese fries, and I know that she full and she can lay down in, in, in the van with the covers on her and go to sleep. You know what I mean? So that's what it was for. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and six or seven, and then you become friends, and then you become family because we there for each other. And we six or seven, and we in this neighborhood. And that's how... Things progress, you feel me, and bonds be created, mm-hmm. and and people think of the gang stuff like, oh, it's just they they retarded and whatever, whatever. But in reality, that's real life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because then when you get took to juvenile, you in the juvenile with the same people that you was on the streets with. Mm-hmm. If you ain't there with your family members, your family members ain't coming to see you on Sundays, pulling you out. They don't give a because if they gave a f- you wouldn't be out there no way. Mm-hmm, right. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the part that people don't understand. Mm-hmm. And so you deal with the people that you six and seven years old with going to break into, uh, 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 what, what was the game, uh, the little uh, the, uh, track and field. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Then they had the little duck game. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? So that's what we grew up doing and breaking. And so And we did it for each other so we can all eat. You understand? And then when you get took to juvenile because you out there past curfew, you stuck in juvenile because don't nobody give a fuck to come get you up out of juvenile. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you stuck laying up with the same young cats and you hurt and confused because nobody really care about you. Mm-hmm. Boom. And then all of a sudden, here come your grandma or here come somebody that you don't know but they're a family member because the people came and and sent you to a uh, sending us to Pomona to to the to McCarran to this little foster home group home little spot, you know what I'm saying? And that's where here come the social workers that you never knew nothing about, mm-hmm. because nobody never laced you up that you was ward of the state and you had social workers that supposed to quote unquote help you, mm-hmm. and then you and you they be introduced to you at seven eight years old. Here comes some. I never met no white people in Compton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So here come the white people coming to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Six or seven talking about, oh, you finna go over to such and such house and you don't even know who such and such is. Yeah. Oh, here go a check, they supposed to go take you shopping because you don't got no clothes. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So when you do go to such and such house, bam, you ain't going no shopping. 
you sitting your ass in that back room because you don't know nobody. But these your kin folks, you know what I'm saying, that you never met. So they don't know you. So you ain't being treated like you family. No way. You just being treated. Oh, you a government check. You get paid on the 1st, the 3rd, and the 15th. Yeah. Because the government giving it, and that's what it was. You understand know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it don't take no, no scientists to figure that they don't give a f- So you back to the streets. And that's a common thing with the foster care system, you know, and when we talk about the way that the state gives money, uh, there there's a critique saying, you know, if you would have given the kids' parents that money, then a stranger wouldn't be abusing the money. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, <laughs> the idea that you're being taken care of, like you said, going shopping, like I have heard very few stories where that is the case, too. I mean, that's just what it is. That's yeah. real life. There's no cut and undried to nothing, mm-hmm. you know? And then it's like, bam, and that's, here come the juvenile, here come the juvenile, and then here come the juvenile, you in juvenile, and you be there for years, 18 months, 12 months, mm-hmm. as a 12-year-old as kid, mm-hmm. in juvenile for 18 months with 17, 18, 19, 21-year-old kids because you could be 21 until you go to the penitentiary because mm-hmm. it's YA youth authorities. So you going up? So you this is what you said at. Mm-hmm. So they feed on the youngsters. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you personally described the school to prison pipeline. Right. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's that. No, that's how none I go. Of, yeah, none of this. None of these things were. You know, it's like none of these things are not the direct fault of the mm-hmm. system. It's not like, you know, at two years old, you're already not not cared for and experiencing extreme crisis. Um. The social workers too are like a big role to play as well. In I don't want to blame no one. No, but you it's know what I'm not, saying? There's no a, one person to wanna, blame. You know, I don't want to sit here and put blame like I'm blaming the system or I'm blaming right. it. And that's not the issue. I'm just telling you my story, right. my life, mm-hmm. from my eye view, not from no one else's. You understand know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is truth. I bleed just like you. Yeah. I breathe just like you. I do the same thing that the next human do. This is my eyelids, and this is the life that I see and I live through. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And a lot of cats that live the same life as me haven't made it as far mm-hmm. as I made it. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's really true. I come a long way to be the person I am today. Mm-hmm. From a tragedy situation I was given, not asked for, just put in. Mm-hmm. And when you put in a situation, you just only learn the things that you see and talk. When you have no one to teach you. So if you're not being taught, you only learn the things that you see. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So these are the things that I see and I learned from. It, it was with no learning experience. So when you get put into them situations, juvenile, foster homes, and penitentiaries, and jail, you get to learn it yourself as a human. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Because you have no one but yourself. And the people that you grew up with, which... It's the same people that, here you go, at six or seven years old mm-hmm. from the same area. They call gangs. Mm-hmm. But in reality, they family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's not, I don't glorify the crimes. I don't glorify, because I don't live that life. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? I'm a whole different change, man. I graduated. I was dumb as a box of rocks when I went to prison at 16. I didn't know how to read, write, spell, nothing. Only thing I knew how to do was survive. Mm-hmm. 
You understand what I'm saying? Because as a kid, I was put in a situation to survive. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. You understand? You did what you had to do. And I don't, so I don't want to glorify it because mm-hmm. I don't want no children or no one to experience the pain or hurt or coming up like that. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? I don't want your audience to get it twisted and, and like I'm glory. No, I. I don't think I don't think yeah. they what that's where. You understand? What I'm, I, just, I don't think I, that I just, that would happen at all. I think it's more it's more of like the reason you're stealing is not you know because you thought it was fun to steal as a kid. It's because you needed food, and so that is the issue, right? The issue is there are kids that need food. They give you cheese, right? They gave you cheese. Fix, tax, or T-I-X, or fix, or whatever, the little cereal, uh-huh. and bread. Yeah. You hear me? That's what I got for, 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 from, from welfare. Right, right. What you give them to kids today? Let's just be 100. You understand what I'm saying? So my experience is different to the experience of people today, but it's the same experience. Mm-hmm. So, no, I don't glorify the lifestyle or anything, but that's a lifestyle that I was exposed to. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, these were the cards you were dealt with in life. And it, it took me to want to be better. You understand? Because when you understand and you begin to know yourself, I was in a shoe for five years. You know what the shoe is? The hole. Is that like uh, solitary. Sol- solitary confinement? Solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. Five years. You know how long five years is? You know how many days five years is? That's a long time. That's a long time. Let's let's get let's let's get to the thousands. Mm-hmm. You hear me? Mm-hmm. I was. I went to the pen when I was sixteen. I I I went to I went to from the youth authorities to the penitentiary because when they gave me when they gave me the release from the juvenile facility what it was I would they would put me and my little sister and split us up and send us to different boys home and girl homes you hear me absolutely not absolutely not so I'm leaving I'm going to get my little sister period bottom line because I know if I'm hurting then she hurting period to this day my sister got strokes you hear me? My sister, my sister left body, her right body can't even move, paralyzed. Still in pain about my mama. My mama got killed by her own sister, stabbed in the heart. Family, your own blood. You hear me? Did my family even come to the funeral? Huh? Facts. You know who buried my mother? Bloods and Crips. My mama still don't got a, a tombstone in Santa Fe Mortuary. You know how much a tombstone costs? My sister. I never seen my sister happy. She's 39. Every time I see my sister... She cried. Not one time, every time. She said, brother, you left me and went to the penitentiary when I was 12 years old. I'm 39 now. 
Take your time. Yeah. She don't know. Because I never told her. Mm -hmm. Everything I did, I did it for her. You were a really good brother. You always protected her. I try to be just me. No. I just be. You know, I have a a woman in my life that. Like, help me become me. You know when you don't have nobody to really care. You understand what I'm saying? You have no vision. You have no focus. You have nothing to look forward to, especially when you're behind the walls. Because you're surrounded with tension. And they seen you all over the United States. You can be from California and end up in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And when you separate it like that, and you already have no connection to no outside attention, right? And they send you from your state that you know people in, right, to a state you know no one. So the communication is commit completely cut. Period. Separated. So only thing you stand for as a man is the things you believe in. You understand what I'm saying? And that's something I still like deal with because a lot of the things I just don't understand or believe in anymore because it have no merit. So, uh, when you face to the believe, like, the things I believe in is bull, bull crap. You understand what I'm saying? The things I believe in, it, it's just not 100. Because they have no structure. They have no meaning. They have nothing to it. You understand what I'm saying? So, what do one do? You got to turn to you and better you. Because if you know that this is, is this this belief right here is bull, then what you gonna do? Because you can't stand for nothing that don't stand for itself, right? So, you gotta be truthful. Well, when you emailing back and forth to a woman and you don't know how to spell, it's embarrassing. You understand what I'm saying? So, when you try to communicate to someone and you don't even know how to spell, it's, 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 the communication is not there. Because you're like, damn, I, f I feel dumb as a rock when I can't even spell the. Mm -hmm. I got to ask a homie to come sit down and help me. Mm -hmm. So my communication is not my communication. It's someone else's communication. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So they use that type of situation to, to benefit themselves. Mm -hmm. And before it become an issue, I felt like, well, I know the outcome of the situation right here because I done seen it play out multiple times because it's not your communication. It's this man that you, you believe 
your partner communicating for you. So he, you're not the one that's communicating with the woman that you believe that you're in love with. It's his communication. So when he dip off of you, when he get to communicate with your girl, it's another communication because it's the same one from him. You understand what I'm saying? So one had to learn if it's going to be real. So it took everything in me to tell her I couldn't read or I couldn't spell and not to be judged. 15 years of still counting, straight. I know how to read. I graduated. I got my GED. You hear me? I know how to do roofing. I drive forklifts. I do multiple jobs because I taught myself behind them walls because they have them all out there for you to go do. Instead of sitting inside the, the, the unit with all this tension and, and waiting for something to pop off, I'm going to get up out the unit and go learn something. So my first thing was to go do was go learn how to do towel. And that's where they put you in facilities to go learn how to do towel. So you start from the bottom to work your way up. So they teach you HVAC. They teach you utility. They teach you everything that you want to learn. You just got to want to learn it. Just like, it's not the people, it's the inmates that's teaching you. You understand what I'm saying? If you want to, listen, homie, you know how to read? I don't know how to read. Can I come to your, and you can be my tutor. I get $27 a month. I give you $10 of that $27. Because it's not no judgment. Because it's, it's not the, how smart you is, it's what you stand for as a man. Because you're truthful. I have no curtains in front of me. And I, I, only way I could show her was that, like, well, she, she still there. She, she ain't dipped off. I got commissary. I got a phone call. You hear me? So how do, I, how do one show someone that you never met how much you mean to her but to change? Not the man that you is, but for a better man. Because she already... In love with the man that you are, only thing you could do is become better. Never really understood that. You understand what I'm saying? And I felt like, well, only way I could learn and, and do it is to, I'm going to take my dumb ass to school. Instead of sitting here watching uh, hip-hop uh, Hollywood, I'm going to go to hip-hop school. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's what it was. And it became the sports. So she started sending me uh, news weeklies, new sport weeklies, and you got them every Wednesday. So that's how I started. So I kept slipping in into sports because I was into the sports. If I learn the sports, I can, you know, I'm into it, and I, I will, I will, I, I feel like it would be more interesting for me to learn. So I got the West Dictionary, and I got the sports weekly. So I start. And putting the words together, and it broke it down, you know what I'm saying, until one can understand. So I started like that and started writing my words out and the definition of the words. And I started like that. I didn't go through the whole dictionary. I started jumping around because I started learning, and I started putting my time in. You know, when you put your time in, it's not as hard as it seems. I was already grown. You understand what I'm saying? So it came to me. And then when it started coming to me, I wasn't as dumb as I thought. Because I 
I love to read. Mm-hmm. It became something. I started getting books. I started. She started sending me books, and after books, and after books, and after books, to where I started running through the books mm-hmm. because I was in a hole. Do you have a favorite book? Well, I don't read every book you could think of. I think my favorite author is uh, Jane Patterson. Okay. I, I really like his because he take you there. It's a, it's like a he could take you away from it. You know, and then I, I was into the hood books real tough because I was in a hole. Mm-hmm. That was a life that I only knew. Mm-hmm. And then I started reading the books, and I'm like, well, this is not true. Mm-hmm. Don't nobody win at the end. Mm-hmm. Don't nobody win. Mm-hmm. Who win? Show me a winner. Capitalists. Right. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm just saying at the end, at the end of that, that 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 novel, that 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 urban novel, it has no truth to it because you really don't win. It doesn't continue, continuous, continuous. It's not a video game mm-hmm. because the law don't don't it, that that penitentiary they ain't gonna go nowhere. Mm-hmm. You hear what I'm saying? Now they giving these youngsters bullets. That's I mean, 150 uh, bullets and and something, and they don't even gotta. They just point and just and squeeze the trigger, and people are just dying for no reason at all. So you don't only got the, the people out on the streets. You know what I'm saying? You have the, the law enforcement also, because they a gang also. Yeah. Let's not let's not get it twisted. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So when one changed my life and I moved to Reno, I, I you know I've been through a lot. So you only prejudge me because of the tattoos. You prejudge me of the computer that you look on, and it's and it tells you a crime. Mm-hmm. You hear me? That happened in '96. Let's let's be 100. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You know how long '96 is? I was born in '95. Yeah. Okay. So. And we in 2000. And we in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You tell me a man or anyone that still think the same 20 some years later. Mm-hmm. No one. I, I, let's be 100, mm-hmm. man. But that computer. You understand what I'm saying? So when one see a, a person, they only judge you off of what they pull up on that computer, not the man that you really are. Because I was prejudged and almost lost my life out here in Reno, Nevada. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? It's I funny. Would. I. It's funny that that idea of like the computer not allowing you to leave. The system, no matter, it doesn't, it's not an accurate representation of who you are. Absolutely. That crime isn't who you are. Absolutely. That's the thing that happened. And by the way, everybody commits crimes. Mm-hmm. All I, of us do. I mean, listen. I'm pretty sure I accidentally if, stole a, a pillow from Target. If I commit tonight. a crime, listen, if I commit a crime, it's, 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 you know, listen, I pay my time for my crime. Every crime I committed, I've been in prison, did my time. And I'm done. I'm not right. on probation. I'm not on parole. I ain't on nothing. Well, and there's nothing that says while you were the when you look when it look you up when you look someone up, it doesn't say and while they were there, they got their GED. They did this. They did this. Their behavior nah. was excellent. This they don't, none they don't of that te- amazing they don't, te- stuff. they don't tell you nothing. Right. Only thing they tell you is this. Just the negative. And then they tell you well, oh, they had these classes. They had these teachers, but in reality, the teacher is the inmate. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's uh, like um, this is like your family, and they taught you everything you know. We, and, yeah, that's, I think that's a really powerful thing you said that's like a lot of people don't think about. Uh, it was people in your neighborhood and other inmates that really taught you and 
shaped you uh, to be the man that you are. You have principles. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the computer, the record that they have of you is just like a stain on your life for the rest it's, of your life. It's a, it's a, it's, it's something that one go through mm-hmm. a journey. Mm-hmm. We all go through a journey as a kid into adulthood. It's a journey. Some is better than others. Some make it out and some don't. Mm-hmm. I'm 43. I ain't been in trouble in years. Mm-hmm. I ain't been in trouble in years. Do you know, you know how long? No, I don't. <laughs> 2002. Yeah, that's a long time. Huh? That's a long time, yeah. But if I get pulled over, you know how many police it is? Huh? They just pulled us over from the front, coming from Las Vegas, from my daughter turning 18. I was going to ask you, we when we first met, you had just experienced an especially aggressive police, uh, police action in Reno. And on the show, you know, oh, we yeah. talk a lot about um, how how aggressive the police um, are in this area and in Sparks and how um, shedding light on that is really important. And so tell us, you know, you're not from Reno. You didn't do anything. You're t- uh, tell us and you can use uh, whatever words actually happened. OK, to. well, it was December 5th, 5th December 15th, uh, 2020. I was uh, I had lost my eye watch. My wife just bought me an eye watch. And um, I was getting ready to go to work for Tesla. The next day, I was just working for UPS. So I was going to work for Tesla the next morning. So I was getting ready to go to work. So I, t- I tell her, baby, go outside to the car and see if you see my eye watch. She said, it's not in the car. I said, dang. So she pinged it. And it ended up over here at this Motel 6. I'm not really thinking nothing. I'm not on nothing. You understand what I'm saying? I'm just with my wife. We... Painted, uh, watched uh, over here to this right here. Yeah. We pull up. You can't do nothing with the watch. You can't do nothing. It have a lock on it. It's, it's Bluetooth to a, to my uh, phone. It's not. There's nothing you can do to, with the watch. Period. It have an iCloud. There's nothing you can do with it. Mm-hmm. So let me have it. He go a couple dollars. There's no problem. I'm out of here. I don't want no issues. Mm-hmm. So when me and wifey pull up, I get out the car. When I get out the car. It's right here. It's a, it's a little room. So I go to knock on the door. Right? The door cracked. The door is cracked. So when they open up the door, bam, some people up in here, and they shoot me. My 17, 18 people up in here. I don't know them. Hispanics, uh, 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 I don't know what they are. You understand what I'm saying? So I don't want to put nothing on no one. Race because I don't know. They was just a, brown, a lighter brown skinned complexion because I don't know him. I never met him in my life. Nothing. They was in there doing whatever they was doing. I come to that door. That door open. Man shot me. So at that point when he shoot, my Mercedes is parked behind me. My wife is in a passenger seat. So when I turn around, I looked to see if my windows was busted or the, the, the man hit my wife. And when I see that, when I look back and see that my wife is not, the windows are not busted, it's a decision you're going to make right there immediately. If I run back to the car, they shot me for no reason. 
If I run back, he's going to kill me and me, me and my wife because the room is directly in front of the cars, directly in front of the room. So I'm like, well, if you're going to kill me, I don't want you to kill my wife also. You understand? And I don't want to die in front of my wife. So I turned, and some cameras down this way. So I turned to start walking towards that way. You understand what I'm saying? Away from my wife because of, if I don't want my wife to die. And if I'm going to die, oh, let me say my wife, let me get this way. Because if I go back to the Mercedes, they're going to shoot me and my wife up. You understand what I'm saying? So I start walking. So I'm not, so I look at myself, I look at my hand. My, I got shot in my hand. See, this, this is no bone right here. There's nothing right here. Can't even move my hand. I'm left-handed. This is my left hand. Can't even move it. Nothing. So he shot, so I'm holding my fingers. So I'm holding my fingers, then I look at my, at, my, at my atom right here, in my stomach, and I see that I'm bleeding, and it's not coming out, so it's bleeding in the inside. It got a little bubble on it. So I look. I'm like, okay, so I'm at the corner of the Motel 6, across the street, it's a gas station. I mean, a car wash uh, on the corner on Prater and um, El Rancho. It's a little car wash right there. And it's Prater. So at Prater, you, I see the police car right there. Mm-hmm. I said, well, if I can make it across the street, he can give me some help. Mm-hmm. So my intentions was to make it across the street. You understand what I'm saying? Not knowing if these guys who's shooting at me is going to come behind me, which they done. So I'm in the middle of the street. I turn around, it's a car coming up out the Motel 6. They roll the window down. So now I'm crossing the street, but I'm looking back at the car. They start shooting some more times. Four more times. Bang, 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 bang. Four more times. So I'm looking at these people because I already, in my mind, I'm already going to die. My intention was to get away to die. If you're going to kill me, when I seen them behind me, I knew I was going to die. So where, where, where was I going to run to? I ain't run the first time, so where else I gonna run to? I'm stuck right here. Cause I don't even know who these people are or what they doing it for. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm 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 just at all, I'm more shocked than anything. You know, is that is that crazy? No, it's completely logical. Like you more shocked of a situation like that? Like, is this really it? Mm-hmm. Not the panic, but logic. Is this really it? You hear me? So when they shoot, I don't know if I'm hit or not because I didn't know I was hit at first. Mm-hmm. So when I turn around, right here on this corner, it's the police. So I looked at the police. He turned up in that um, car wash. Mm-hmm. So when I look back, I see it's a camera on the, on the, on the, on the, on the, on the, uh, on, um, what's that, baby, uh, on, on El Rancho. Mm-hmm. By the freeway, it's a, it's a little, it's a little camera right there. So I look up at the camera and I look up at the, he done turned his ass into that little car wash. So I walked and limped to the car wash, in, inside the car wash, behind him, limping now, right? So when I walk into the car wash, this a little expanding guy that worked at the car wash. So I walk to him, I say, excuse me, am I hallucinating? Am I dying? What's going on? Is this the police or not, man? He's like, that's the police. And he tell the police, hey, man, he's shot. Police jump out the car. I'm thinking I'm safe. You hear me? So I sit down right here on this little curve right here. 
in, right here in front of the little building, right there, right there at the car wash. So he looked at me. He say, "What's your name?" I said, "My name Terry." He said, "What's your last name?" I said, "My name Williams." He said, uh, "What's your date of birth?" I tell him my date of birth and my social security number. I tell him my social security number. He typed it in on the computer, right? But when he looked at me, got out his car, shut the door, and jumped on the cell phone. I looked at him. I say, "Officer, you ain't for the call no ambulance because he not moving like." He had just a minute ago. All that umph was took up out of him. So I look at him and say, officer, you ain't going to call for no help? He ignored me. So I turn around to the Hispanic young cat. Mm-hmm. It's another Hispanic young cat. Mm-hmm. Right? So I say, excuse me, mommy, can you call the ambulance for me? Right? He know what he did help me? He know what he told the kids? Get your ass on that wall. I looked at him, I said, damn, you ain't finna let him, let them call the ambulance for me? I said, officer, what, what did I have, what have I done to you to not make you call the ambulance? I said, man, I'm bleeding in the inside, man, what are you doing? I said, oh, you trying to make me die. Oh, you want me to sit here and die in front of you? God is good because I see one of my young partners. So I called him over, I said, come here, come here, come here, come here. He's so spooked, so scared. He see the police right here. He see me laying right here. He see the little Mexicans right here on this wall. He don't know what to do. First of all, the police ain't supposed to let no man walk up on you, period. Hear what I tell you. Police ain't supposed to let no man walk up on you, period, if you laying there with bullet wounds all in you. Do you hear me? He let the man walk up to me. So when he walk up to me, I say, listen, my wife at the Motel 6. Go over there and get my wife. I don't know if she's living or dying. Go get her, man. Tell her, tell her I'm shot. Right? He said, I don't want to be involved. I said, man, take your ass over there, man. My wife over there. I said, man, you got love for me? Say, yeah. I said, well, go over there and get my wife. He went over there and got my wife. So I tell him, I said, Mr. Officer, man, my wife coming, man. I ain't did nothing. I ain't did nothing, man. What you reading about ain't even me. Ain't even me, man. I say, you ain't for, I say, I suppose you know what? If I'm dead, I'm dead. Mm-hmm. I'm not finna beg you to sit there and do your job. Mm-hmm. So I shut up. And then I turned around, I looked at the kids, and there's cameras right there. Right on top of us, pointing right there at us. Mm-hmm. I, I looked at the young, I say, do these cameras work? Mm-hmm. He said, yeah. He said, I look at the police, he got a little smirk on him. Right? Mm-hmm. I, so I'm laying there. My wife pulled up in the Mercedes. I said, officer, I go, my wife right there. Let me tell you something. I was shot in the hand. I was shot in the stomach. Mm-hmm. I was shot through the bladder. The areta was tore off. The bullet went through, the, went through my hand. Tore off my aretha that go to the penis that allowed the, the, the pee, the urine to get to the penis. So if that tube is no longer exists, it was shot off. Then it blew my bladder up. Then it from out my bladder until my prostate. A half an inch either side, I would, I would we wouldn't be having this conversation. So it went out my back. So not only I have urine in my body. I have feces in my body, and I have stomach, the acid and stuff in my body. So I'm lay- I got shot at uh, t- uh, 2.30, 2.30 December 15th. 
I didn't make it to a renowned trauma unit until 345. 315 or 345, baby? 345. I was shot at 230. Mm -hmm. Two, you, we, Reno, Nevada in sports. You can ride around Reno, Nevada through McCarran in 20 minutes. You can go from re Renown to, uh, what's that street my wife work on? What's that street you work on, baby, next, on Rock? That's where the, uh, the, 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 hospital, uh, the ambulance come from. You hear me? I was right there on Prater and El Rancho. You know how long far that is? About five, not even five minutes. Not even, not, not in my car. Ambulance, probably, it took, my wife got there. I was landing from the police. I was landing for the police for like 35 minutes, 40 minutes, laying there, dying, in front of a Reno police officer, on camera. My wife pulled up. My wife pulled up. When she pulled up, she got out the car. She parked the car because she didn't know what was going on because she wouldn't, she wouldn't have parked like that. It, my wife was Caucasian, 50 years old. So panic to where if, if she, she, when she got out the car, she said, what's going on? I said, baby, I'm shot. She went ballistic. Where Amalam's at? So for her to go from zero to 100 then, she would have went zero to 100 when she parked. So she didn't even know from the beginning. So I'm laying there. So when she find out, I'm like, yeah, baby, I'm, 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 I'm shot. She grabbed my hand. I said, she asked the police, where Amalam's at? Police said, I'll call Amalam's. So she said, I said, so the little youngster say, can you take me home? Police told her, take him home. I say, she ain't going nowhere. She ain't finna let you just kill me. She said, baby, I won't go nowhere. My wife made the car, my, my wife made the 911 call to, uh, what is it called again, baby? Uh, to derives them. So check this out. My wife phone call, we got the Rizma report. It's my wife phone call. How do my wife phone call get to Rizma before the nine one the police call get there? You the police. I've been here on camera for 35, 45 minutes with you. So 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 he didn't he didn't he didn't he didn't really know aid, no nothing. What it was, the new thing, the way to kill people now, is you let them bleed out. Especially if you alone. When you have a little wreck or any type of little situation, they get out now instead of just shooting you, it's to let you bleed out because the report is no report. If you can, if you don't make it, it's nothing. You know how long I had to live? 30 seconds. Wow. You know what's wild? I was laying there passing out and the police was on top of me swabbing my mouth. Swabbing my mouth. Told my wife she couldn't take the Mercedes. We now to remind you, I'm the one that got shot. I didn't even get shot in the, the vehicle. Mm -hmm. Told my wife it wasn't even no cameras at Motel Six. Motel Six got about 25 cameras in it. The uh the cameras that at the car wash. My my wife tried to contact it. Told my wife she couldn't she couldn't get it. Only person that can get the cameras was the police. Is that still the case? Have you received any nah, body cam footage? Ain't nobody footage? called me. Ain't nobody done nothing. Uh, Channel 8, K-Lo uh, uh, 8, 
uh, Ed, uh, uh, Ed Pearson called me talking about he heard about my story. He was gonna look into it and ain't said nothing. Posted when it said somebody investigated to the to the car wash and looked at the blood on the ground, and and after that told me they don't want no no ride. They ain't nobody did nothing, nothing. They oh, all know gonna, the truth. We're about to do something. They, listen, it's not a lie. No. Listen, you see these bags? I got bags. I, look at this. I got bags and everything on me. You hear me? My, I'm left-handed. My right hand don't even work. They shot it in my vein. They shot in my vein, right? When they shot in my vein, the needle, the, the, the needle, they couldn't go into my left hand because I was shot through my left hand. So they was putting the vein, the, the needles in my in my veins. And now my all my veins is messed up on my right side. So I just went to the doctor. And they did the test on me. Medical just approved it. It took about 17 days to approve it. Right? Medical been denying my medical, period. Period. No home care. My wife legally blind. I can't use ne neither hand. I got a stoma on me. I got a urine bag on me. You hear me? They need to be changed. I ain't even received no, 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 no supplies. My medical care, they nobody take it. Nobody. So I, I have a December. So I've been out the hospital for probably like 30, 35, let me say 30 days. Completely. I still got an infection. I go to the doctor in the morning, right? Listen, they don't do nothing. They don't teach you or tell you anything. So they are supposed to be approved for a home care nurse. Can't use neither hand. I got a urine bag in it and a colossus bag on me. My wife got one eye. Work midnight shift. Only person to take care of me is my wife. Everything we learn, we learn off of YouTube. We look it up on YouTube. Because when we go to the doctor, they so fast. They just, they just trying to get you in and out. Period. Because my medic, they don't take my insurance. Because I got four different specialists that worked on my body. Like I said, I'm a miracle to be here. They thought I was going to die. Somehow I didn't. So I'm dealing with the active, after effects. So we just found out so much truth yesterday when we went to see the number one specialist. See, I don't even deal with, I, I don't even, yeah, the other day, so I don't even deal with him directly. I deal with his team. So his team only know what they see on the board, and they just know I'm just blessed to be here. So the other day I, I sat down with him, and he broke it down to me, what happened to my body and why the situation is the way it is. You feel me? And from the stool, from my bladder being dis disrupted, my, my prostate, all them things, all at once, with one shot, it's a blessing to be here, period. You know, my bladder blew out. So the things that I, I'm going through, you feel, listen, I work for two jobs. I can't work and get and do nothing. They denied me food stamps. They denied, I had caught a, a drug case in 1996. 1996. 1996. And they still won't let me get food stamps. $180, $191. Nineteen ninety six. Something happened in 19. I was a kid. I'm a grown man. Call me today. Call me today. And told me I'm 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 a division of welfare ward, this, that, and the third. I said, How you doing, ma'am? She said, Well, I see that you you know you had a drug conviction. In 96, 
I said, well, you tell me somebody else, 96, that still can't receive food stamps. Oh, that's when the law passed and this, that, and the third. It was nothing else to talk about because you ain't trying to hear nothing. I was a child. I'm a grown man that just come back to society, a whole different life. You still deny me food stamps when people on the streets, homeless, doing the same thing and still getting it. You hear me? So since, like, they've been knowing that what had took place with me, everybody, like, shut their doors on me. That's just what it really is. The, 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 to the news channel, because it's a little city. And the only thing they know of me is the past, but they don't know the man that I am today. They don't know I have custody of my daughter. They don't know that I work constantly. I pay taxes, rent just like everybody else, and I work. Police pulled me over. It's nothing they can do. Only thing I got uh, had was a speeding ticket. You hear what I'm saying? I I, I come from making um from eight to seventeen hundred a week every two weeks to uh three fifty a week, three fifty every two weeks from victim of crime. Three fifty? Come on, man. But you know how much rent is out here. It's nothing I can do but depend on my wife to go to work. And that's a lot of pressure on a woman to take care of a grown-ass man and a young child, 17-year-old boy, with school back and forth. You know what I'm saying? We online and sports is all took off, so it's a lot of tension inside a household. I need to be careful. He feel his need to be met, and it's all on her. And she need to be sleep in the daytime when we want some attention. So it's a just a boom, crash every 24-7 in the house when we all want the same thing. We all just want to be left alone and relaxed and put our story out there because it's out of line on what took place. Because ain't nobody suffering but us. Only people that, when I'm in the hospital, only people that's there is her. The same lady I'm yelling at, I'm changing my, I'm spatting quick enough because I'm in pain. Yeah, she had just got to the hospital and everything. So we just been falling and falling and falling. But we got to take the blessings for what they really are. Because I could have just been perished over an officer that's still on the force. Everybody know the truth. You hear me? And it's on camera. And it's on camera, on video. Man, ain't nobody contact nobody. Well, we're going to, that's the first on my to-do list, and I'm sure of um, Kaylee's, too, is to try to get some of that footage. Um, you were telling us before we came on that you're you're actually about to go into surgery tomorrow. Yeah. And, um, and kind of the, the reason that these two things are connected, like, these two things are so connected, the officer's neglect... And your surgery tomorrow, and we're so thankful that you are here and for those doctors because Absolutely. this is it's so important. Um, because you're you're a special I, guy, I, and every anyone that's listening can tell you this is a um, a special person that is know, supposed doctors, to be here. The doctors, they awesome. You hear me? Them yeah. surgeons, the surgeons, man. Listen, 
them guys know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? I trust and believe in the things that they do. I have no choice but to. You understand what I'm saying? But I just don't want to be that patient. You feel what I'm saying? You working on me, and I'm trusting you to do the right thing with my life, right? So when I'm out and sleep, I want you to do the right thing and make your right decisions because that's what you went to school for. So I trust you wholeheartedly. You understand what I'm saying? So sit down 10 minutes and talk to me. Get to know me a little bit. Besides just a, a patient because this is my life. And I want to say thank you for saving me. You understand what I'm saying? So sit down for five minutes instead of sending somebody else in here. You understand what I'm saying? That's all. That's, that, that was my issue because then nobody teaches anything. You know what I mean? And, and, and so I had to deal with all the pain, the infections, after infection, after infections because we didn't not, we not knowing how to clean and how, and how to tie them up and all the stuff. But, yeah, it's not at home. It was every time I went back to the hospital, they kept giving me different meds, medications. So it looked like I'm just jumping from, you know, from people to people, but I'm really not. So I stay at the same CVS. And yesterday, the CVS office, dude, you know, pulled me up. Like, all these different medications is not the business because it'll kill you. I have a partner. Went through the same type of situ- same situation, right? His kids and grandkids out here because he finna die. Because he been taking so much different medications. Because of his body situation. Different different doctors doing different things. Going dialysis Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so he getting different medication. And the different medications cause him in a situation that he in right now. And I don't want to be like that. But I want to take the medication to get well. You hear what I'm saying? But I'm scared to take the medication on the same token. Because my insurance is denying it. You feel me? So it's like, what what is going on? But I got to pay for it because I need it. But I'm in a situation where where's the bread coming? Where I'm to the point where I'm finna try to start working. But I know it's going to, I'm not ready for it. You feel me? Yeah, we'll definitely uh, plug in your GoFundMe for our listeners. Um, but before uh, we came in, uh, can you tell our listeners how long your surgery was? Oh, 18 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 18 hours. Long. Mm-hmm. Never knew. Yeah, you're resilient. Yeah. It's that, it's just, I just don't want to be the statistic. Mm-hmm. I was 230 pounds. My uh, son told me today, he said, boy, you skinny as mud. He said, I'll break you like a brick. My 17-year-old boy weighed 122. He weighed weighed 121, just weighed himself yesterday. He said, get on the scale. Crush me. Crush me. We used to go to the jail with Crush me. No. Can't even eat. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it hurts so bad to come out. Mm-hmm. You know? Because we don't know how to, like, I ain't went to nobody groups. Ain't nobody told me when no groups had to learn about people, other people that dealing with the same issues or nothing. You know? So it's just like, 
once they found out the truth, everybody just like shut the door. Before, before they found out, oh, I had all type of people reaching out mm-hmm. at the hospital, though. And then when they found out that the police left me and I'll start talking about it, all the same people, they don't even come through no more. Mm-hmm. So I just been waiting alone. So it sounds like there's, I mean, going back to the police being a gang, it's it's like even the healthcare workers are afraid of no, you touching it almost. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's all, yeah. It's, they all get, they all, it's one whole union. Right. You hear me? This is what it really, this is what I think. I think that we close to Carson City. Carson City is the capital of Nevada. So being in the capital of Nevada, you hear me? They high on they 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 arm they 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 enforcements. They real tight. They have it's like they real tight with one another. You understand what I'm saying? Because they so close. So they don't want to expose it. They know of it. Listen, listen, for officers to know and not do and re, and act on it and not clean it up in their force, then what to make they force? Well, we know that the district attorney will excuse anything the officers do up to and including murder because that's all he does. So Yeah, so it's like, you know, yeah. it's just crazy. Christopher Hicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you remember your officer's name, you can give give them a shout out. Yeah, we don't even know his name. They don't, yeah, they don't tell us nothing. See, Mr. The gang unit know. Right. And all three heard, of them know. Mr. B, the late the Mexican lady, and the tall white one. All of them know. All the Reno Police Department know, the gang unit know. They pulled me over up the street. My 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 brother went to jail. Dante Smith. When did Dante go to jail? The same day I got the same day. The white squ- the white shirts. They know who they are. They know. They pulled me over 17 cars. Talking about I failed to yield. Ain't even no turning lane right there. I didn't even turn. I stopped in the middle of the street. Right. In the middle of the street. And start roll down the window and start yelling at the, the the ladies, the young ladies that was at the little bar. Seventeen police cars, back at the back, back at the back, coming up, looking at me, sitting on the curb, laughing at him, huh? Like just intimidating, laughing at you and intimidating, and they do that. You know what I'm saying? Know. The intimidation. Mm-hmm. Oh, we gonna take you to jail? You gonna take me to jail? Mm-hmm. What you taking me to jail for? Talking about I had a supposed to put a something on my car that no longer exists. What are you talking about? The judge been through that out. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh, you need to go to the DMV and get a took off, or we're gonna take you to jail. What? When did this happen? Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm sitting here, we ain't gonna take you to jail. We're gonna we just gonna give you a pass. But I'm gonna tell you, some of us is with you and some of us against you. The little Mexican uh, Hispanic lady of the gang unit kept trying to holler at me, kept trying to talk to me about it. But the officers kept walking up on us, so she never said anything. But I tell you, honest God, truth, they know the business. And they know who the officer is because he told me he was going to, Mr. Barrow, the head gang unit, told me he was going to talk to the lieutenant about it. He was ups- He was the only one that was really upset about it. It could have been a front, but... He was the one, he was like, you've been out here over four years. I ain't even, he said, you've been up under the radar. You ain't even, you ain't even, you ain't even. The, the gang little lady say, 
when they got to talking about you, I didn't even know who you was. Mm -hmm. She said, I know everybody. Mm -hmm. I said, that lets you know that I ain't even that person that the officer thought I was. Four years, ex-gang member from Los Angeles. You hear me? Four years. And they number one gang unit, they ain't never had no issues with me. Mm -hmm. Four years straight, never had no issues with me. That should tell you a lot. Yeah. And it's not a lie. They know now. Yeah. Oh, they know now. But they know, but they still... <laughs> Once they did that intimidation little factor over here, off of Wales, in Cheney, where, they, where, 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 where that situation happened at, they ain't mess with me no more. But you know what I did? I went and insured the cars and everything. I went and done everything the right way. You hear me? Because I don't want no issues. I'm tired of you pulling me over because one day you're going to pull me over and it's going to be nighttime and it's going to be night-night for me. So guess what I started doing? I went and got cameras for every car. You, you gave us a one and one wasn't in there, but we got one. Oh, you got another one? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Good. That's how I, I'm so fear of them hurting me. Mm -hmm. Truly. Truly. Yeah, you were saying um, before we uh, started recording that uh, it's caused a lot of trauma for you, that you don't, uh, are so fearful that you can't even walk outside. What? I can't even walk... They sit in front of my house. Mm -hmm. They had the nerve to pull up in the driveway and get out and come to my door talking about, is this such and such street with such and such number? And start laughing at me and walk, that, walk back and jump to their little SUV car. Mm -hmm. Laughing. So I begged my wife. She got a little, uh, she, had, she, got, had, she had got her check. So I begged, I said, babe, please spend $150 and give me that little, uh, little, little camera thing. She bought me at the, at the, at the Walmart mm -hmm. that allowed us to put on the door. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we got them on, on, on the door. So then they got the little cameras you put on your dash. Mm -hmm. You hear me? But it's, it's real life, though. It's real life because I'm just, I'm just terrified of them because they're going to do and get away with whatever they want to. Mm -hmm. And if I push too hard, it's a wrap. That's what I fear, that they're going to knock me down immediately. Yeah, it sounds like they're harassing you. Um, we uh, know a woman in Reno also who the police harassed. Her name is Susan. She's the mother of Micaiah Lee. So it uh, seems like there's a uh, common theme of police harassing victims. Yeah, that's what they own. Mm -hmm. They, they want to harass the victims, but they don't want to go get the suspects. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I can't, I don't know who they are, so I can't, I can't, I don't know who they are, period. Right, at no point was anyone worried about who shot you. No, nobody even. They no got, one even thought about that. They got the cameras. Right. I don't need to tell you nothing. You, you got, right. hold on, if the gang unit tell me, right, that they saw the cameras of me eating a bullet, quote unquote, walking away, right, if you seen that, then you see who came out that that room also. Right. And who was, was registered to. Right. Not to not to be no, you know, not to you know, I'm just saying. Right. The actual like let's just talk about I'm, the actual crime at hand, that room. That I mean, is so but you want me though. You treat me like Right. You know what he done? He asked me, did I shoot myself? 
What? Yeah, can you say it? Oh. like what they said. We don't have time for. That's exactly what he's saying. They got the video. You ain't listening to what I'm just telling you. Forget what I'm saying from my mouth, right? They got a video. Bottom line. Dot, 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 dot. 17 police cars just pulled me over. 17. About two and a half weeks ago. Why would 17 you, Reno police officers, pull me over and have multiple officers come stand over me? Why? If, if it wasn't 100. Yeah, they're bullies. So, everybody know the truth. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So, it's not a lie. If, I, if I'd have told a lie, girl, don't you know they'd have put that out there so fast, so quick, so immediately? My ass would be in jail? Huh? Your injuries, uh, you can't deny those. Uh, so you, you, you understand what I'm saying? Because if, 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 if it was all crap, they would have been like stank on man. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? They not. It's quiet. You hear, you hear the city? It's quiet, it's, it's quiet as hell around here. If you understand, check it out. Ain't nothing really going on. If you've been watching news, nothing. You hear me? Ain't nobody saying nothing. Nothing, cause it's quiet. It's it's it's, it's quiet. We they said they said they said they said they they said contact um, what's the NAACP people? They start sending us emails cause they don't want to be involved with it. Cause everybody worked together. They said we got emails and everything. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. We can't we can't contact. Oh well. I'm, I'm listening. Before. They wanted to know, was it truth? That's why they contact. Mm-hmm. That's why Ed Pearson, the news channels, and all the people, that's why they was contacting immediately when I got out of the hospital. Right? Because they thought it was going to be boo, and they could have killed it. Right? Once they seen it was the truth, oh, they got, they, they, turned, they turned to ghosts. Uh-huh. What happened to your investigator? He just came back to work. What happened? Now, the lady that uh, recorded it don't even work there no more. Her name, what was her name, babe? Let me tell you. Kelly, K or something like that. News channel worked the night shift, got off at 11 o'clock. Now, quote, unquote, she don't even work there no more. Uh-huh. Work from 2 to 11. Whatever time the time is that they, they do the news, the news stuff, because the investigator was off. He had supposed to came on that Monday, so I got out the 29th, the 28th, 28th, 29th, like something like that. So it happened like the beginning of January. So they, the investigator was on vacation. I'm not lying. I'm not lying. How do I know all this? Because they was on it. And then when they had the truth to it, they got silenced because there's no lie to it. Where they at? Why they ain't report it? That's what I want to know. Why you ain't report it? I called him out on it. It's a lie. Report it. Shut me up. If it's a lie. It's not no lie because it's true. That's why he got quiet. Mm-hmm. Because they all work together. You know what they tell me? They don't want no ride in Reno, Nevada. Well, <laughs> too late. <laughs> um, I think you would be a great cause to riot for. I'm down. Um 
I think that you're just so, so brave and just so I'm really thank you for sharing um, oh, yes, with honey, everybody. I appreciate you too. I appreciate y'all, man, because I really felt like everybody just like shut it down, man, you know? No, no. No, no. So I stay, you know, so I stay, I stay in the house. I'm scared, man, you know? Yeah, I, because, reasonably so. Because, you know, the, the officers, they have so many different vehicles. And they can come in them little, the little SUVs they be running around with the little tent. And they can play. Because they got females, young females. They got the older ones. They got the young. So they can play them little games around you and just circle us. Mm-hmm. And circle us. And just be making fun. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's not cool. That's not 100. That, well, that's not, that's not helping anything. That's yes. not doing anything. You just want to be a paid bully. What what what's your issue? Like, right. why is you doing it? I see you. I've been seeing you all day. Now you looking. I'm looking. I see you see me. I'm I'm doing the same. I go to the dispensary, give me some tree, and I go my black self to the house because I went and got my tires done. I'm gonna say, and my wife charger went and got uh, the tires done. It happened on Fourth Street. So the man told me, "This is how crazy this is." The man told me, he said, "You need you got three on your right end tire." So you need to put an order in. To, you need to go get another one and bring it back to me so you can have four on all tires. So I come home. I tell my wife, I say, come on. So we went to buy the thrift store over here off of uh, Audi to the little uh, uh, auto zone. They had one. We ordered it. So we have four. So we parked at home. So we in bed, laying down. The next morning come, early in the morning, the alarm go off. On Mercedes, the alarms only stay on for so long. And then they shut themselves off. Because you won't be able to start the car after after if you get into the car, you try to start it up, it got a kill switch. It won't it won't it won't it won't go unless you got the, the metal part to go with inside the key, the brain, right? So but it is shut off, but it'll still be activated. It won't go for on for on. So it went off. Then it shut down. By the time wifey got up, because I couldn't move, my urine bags hang off the bed onto the little dresser thing right there. They so long, so I can't get up and move like that. No way. So my wife, I'm waking her up out of dead sleep. So she get up, and ain't nobody there. But it's already gone what? because I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I can't. If I hear something, it's a rap. It's a rap because I got to hear everything now. To where I double check my house. I double check, make sure everything locked in the house and you can't come in. You understand what I'm saying? It's crazy. But that's how that's how that's what it is. That's just something mentally. 30 seconds from death. And then a surgeon tell you let two days ago, a couple of days ago, that you could have died from any side. Any side, right or left. And then look at the things that you experience. I don't know no person that react, have come back from that or alive from the way the injuries that was. There's no one. Probably number one. So I would have just been another statistic. I would have just been known as an ex-guy or a gang member. You hear me? And the crimes that you want committed. And not... Yeah, but not the... Uh, not the... Uh, not the truth. Not that, it's not the rehabilitation inside the prison, it's the rehabilitation inside of you because you got to want to do it. 
you got to have the motivation to get up every morning at 6.30 inside of prison and take your ass to school. When you don't have to. Remember, you don't have to. Remember that, right? Remember, you can just sit your ass in your bed or you can sit on the tier and just stare at a dumb tool all day if you want to. And there's nothing there. So these opportunities present themselves in one eight. And, and I ate knowledge of understanding me. And that's what it was. And I just didn't like the life. I got to hate it to not want to be part of it. Root, I'm in Reno, Nevada. I'm from Compton, California. I'm a long way away from the things that I once believed in. You understand what I'm saying? Hundreds of miles away. And don't deal with no one. And I work. And I take care of my kids. Now I can't even do that. To when my son told me he'd break me in half like a toothpick. You understand what I'm saying? But to be happy, I could still hear that. Because I'd rather you break me like a toothpick than me becoming dust and becoming a toothpick in reality. You understand what I'm saying? But it's, it hurt too. Because I can't, he wanted to go to the gym. He came to the door, he said, I'm going to the gym. It was six o'clock this morning. He told, hey, he, he told me the day before he wanted to go. I shook him because I'm hella weak. I went by myself and I picked up a 35 dumbbell and couldn't even push it up. You hear me? 35. Couldn't even push it up. So I took down a 25. And I started down with 15. You hear me? I used to be 230. I worked out my whole life. I got a bunch of pictures to show you. But to, to, to be able to, to this. And I still got three other surgeries to go to. I don't know the truth until tomorrow. And the stomach can't get put in. And, other, and, and the, the little intestines can't come out until the urine thing is done. And if the urine thing is done, then I have it for life. And if I have it for life, then what are we going to do about the stoma? Because I, I can't go do that without this done. Because we don't know how the things heal, healed up in the inside. So it's all a, we hope. But to, now it's, it's reality tomorrow. RPD. Oh, no, I'm just. So hopefully maybe one of our past guests. We have a couple of lawyer past guests, and I know we have some lawyer friends, too, and anybody else who's listening, if you have any, um, his wife is showing us a picture of him right now um, when he was heavier. Yeah, it looks like a completely different person. Yeah, but shout out to healthcare workers and nurses and doctors hey, for the care of Terry. Man, listen, the nurses at yes, Renale, thank you. you hear me? Them nurses, them ladies on, uh, what was that, the, uh, the infection floor mm-hmm. at Renale? Oh, man, them ladies is wonderful. Especially, yeah, shout out healthcare workers. Hey, well, well, they did their stuff. They did their stuff, hear me? They took care of me, and she made me get up. I can't, what's her name? Yeah, but I don't want but I don't, that ain't not what's for us to put out there. But them people at Renown, them nurses on the floors is fant they they is fantastic. You hear me? But the people on the bottom floor, 
They have so many people up in that joint. You understand what I'm saying? Today, they be dealing with people so much. You feel what I'm saying? And, and, it, and it be overcrowding because it was doing the COVID stuff. So I understood when you crowded like that, you frustrated. So I still thank them also because it started with them to get me up there. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So I want to thank everybody that helped me. The real heroes. And yeah. also shout out to Terry's wife who's in the studio right now for taking care of him as well. Oh, yeah. She wonderful. Look at her. She's trying to go to work right now. She is. <laughs> yeah. Well, Terry and Aaron, thank you so much thank for coming man. in. And uh, we will not Michael lose touch. Oh, yeah. We need to, uh, if you want to find Terry, uh, and also we're going to link his GoFundMe in the uh in the chat and then hopeful or in the I'm sorry in the chat in the um, I'm just used to zooms all the time Zoom. in the <laughs> in the Instagram posts and then all the posts that we do and we'll uh, go ahead and boost us please like it I share it donate here, I want to see you again man you're a wonderful yeah wonder, we love you we man, love you, you. Know, I'm yeah a, I'm so I, glad I, we met I want to see I want to see you man because I, I I thought about you missed you man oh I you missed know? you <laughs> thank you I yeah. yeah we're gonna be friends for a long Long time Terry yeah, and I you. and I think we're gonna uh, make a difference so that hopefully we I can hope avoid so. this happening to other people <laughs> soon you know, I got sons and grandkids and grandsons yeah and it's, I listen I paid my time right you shouldn't have had to pay any time I'm just so angry that uh the first thing that I thought like when you're in mid story when we first met was just like this man is so incredible like beyond beyond your story you're just uh you just have that uh energy about you that you know no, you, there's want, you're I a special want, guy yeah it's just i just treat people the way i want to be treated right and that and and throughout even though you weren't always treated well you uh you what always it, did what you thought was right and what was the right thing for other people yeah. and you're pretty selfless and yeah, i admire and I don't blame you for nobody that. for both my, my growing up. I don't yeah. blame nobody for the things that I experienced because I'm still here and I'm a way more better individual than I was when I was a teen. Yeah. You feel me? So I don't think I would have become the man that I am today because I would have never found her. Right. And she's amazing. Uh, we've, we'll have her on the show too. We'll have you guys all the time. Yeah. Uh, for those of us who, uh, those uh, people who are listening, you are listening to 97.7. 97.7. KWNK. This is Mass Liberation Radio. Um, I'm Lily. And I'm Kaylee. Thank y'all. Thank you so much. Peace. Have a good one.